Hello and welcome to In The Clock End, an Arsenal podcast with me, Steve. Join me this evening, Calvin. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad, Steve-o. Not too bad at all. All is well in the world, apparently. In the UK, not in Ireland, where it still sucks. And there's nothing open and you can't go and see anything or anyone. But um, yeah, I'm all good, mate. We're recording a little bit later than usual. So I'm fed. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. How are you? More importantly. Nice of you to ask. <laughs> I'm well, mate. Pubs are open. Shops are open. Hairdressers are open, as you can see. Are they? Literally, can you see, the, <laughs> see the, the, the fade? Mate, oh, I do. I, I miss it. Work. I miss fades. I miss being able to get on, uh, on Monday, straight to the hairdressers and straight nice. to the pub. To be honest, I'm not, I'm, I'm not quite sure why I'm here now. This is, this is valuable pub time. It is valuable pub time. <laughs> valuable pub time. And joining us, um, we've finally managed to time down. Welcome back. back. He's back for the evening. Uh, Liam, how's it going? Yeah, not bad. The hour time zone really plays uh, plays havoc, doesn't it? Uh, just an hour difference. But um, no, I'm I'm still I'm like Kelvin. No pubs, no nothing. I can play football at last, but that's about all I can really do. Uh, the weather is. I'm never complaining about British weather again because it's all four seasons every hour of the day. The last week, uh, otherwise that's I'm good. weird. We Steve, it we is. were talking about this. Sorry, Liam, to cut across you there, but we've been saying like we've all been getting the same weather then, really, because it's been. Yeah, we've had like hail, snow, sleet, cold, warm, all in the space of like an hour. Let alone a week. Yeah, it's been the same here. I played foot. Uh, I got a camera recently, like a little, like a GoPro, but a really cheap version because I'm not that rich. Um, <laughs> and I took it to my first training session with it was Tuesday of last week. Yeah. Um, and it absolutely caned it with snow. Uh, it then turned to bright sunshine that melted the snow off the camera, and then it hailed. Um, and then it got sunny again, just in time for me to see me absolutely take... Uh, I'm a goalkeeper, uh, anyone, if this is going out. <laughs> and it goes straight through my legs. It's a perfect angle, oh. sunshine, snow's dry, come off the camera. You can see it clear as day, but you can't see anything else I did. Uh, it was wonderful. Oh, is straight it, through the legs. That's is there a back of goalkeeper? Because I think you're going to be... <laughs> he's going to be knocking on the door. <laughs> no, no, I'm the only one. It has been I'm the coach as well. I picked myself. Oh, well, play, play manager. All the <laughs> yeah. dubious, a dubious role. Um, you know, it's been weird though. Like over here, we've had the most ridiculous weather. Um, but we've got the, the, the bright evenings are back, which is nice. Um, and life sort of slowly returned to normal. Um, and hopefully... We don't have another fucking lockdown because that would definitely suck. I just want to get out of lockdown, to be honest. Not have another one. I just want to get out of it, like much like Liam, I think, because it's uh, it's a bit, bit tedious at this stage. We got sent home from work for two weeks, longest two weeks of my fucking life. To be perfectly honest, it's not the it best. Boring. There's not much to do, is there? You just kind of sit, sat there mm. twiddling your thumbs. Um, it's funny though because like. Even trying to like find time to podcast in lockdown. <laughs> yeah, still. <laughs> you, you wouldn't you'd think we'd, we'd be free all the time, but you have to try trying to pull Calvin off like in Call of Duty is a hard is a hard job. So it always revert to the abuse for me, then you Steve. Um and you switched sure your camera off. Yeah, I had to. Um my I, I think look, I've had in dodgy internet for the last two months at this stage. Anyone else who's a Virgin Media customer, I feel your pain. Um I that's, wonder where you were going with that. <laughs> Wow, just, just for a, just for a minute. 
Jesus, that's <laughs> taken a, that has taken a very swift turn into the gutter, hasn't it? Crikey. Just for a split second. Let's yeah. get back on the piece anyway. We're here tonight to talk about the mighty Arsenal. Um, mighty. Two games to talk about tonight. So it's nearly a week ago now, so we've really got to rack our brains. We played Slavia Prague last Thursday. All I'm going to say is, thank God Harry Potter was on ITV2, because that kept me entertained for most of the evening. Um, it wasn't... I mean, let's let's be honest. You know, we dominated. We were the better team, but that's hardly saying much. It was a pretty poor game. You know, eventually got the goal and then shot ourselves in the foot. We are we did it. We did an Arsenal. What what are your thoughts on Thursday, Liam? And what are your thoughts ahead of tomorrow? Are you, are you feeling confident about the second leg? I'm kind of caught in the middle, I guess, because I I've read all, all online that how good Slavia are meant to be. That you know, I can see they knocked out Leicester, and Leicester are third in a well, they might. I think they're still third in our league, right? Um, yeah. So they've got to be pretty de- they got to be pretty damn decent, but didn't see that on Thursday. Um, yeah, I think I said before that we, you get these games where it's just one of those days. It's one of those days. It doesn't quite go in the net as often as it should do or you expect it to. Yeah. And you just write it off as one of those days, but we're having so many of those days, you wonder quite where... I don't, I don't quite know whether it is one of those days or whether it's a failing somewhere. Um, so going into the game on tomorrow, I'm probably more anxious than I should be, partly because of the result, obviously, partly because uh, mm. I don't quite know what to expect from either team. I, I mean, I know a bit about Arsenal, but I don't know enough about Slavia. And so that, that gives me some anxiety, I guess. I think you hit the nail on the head there when you said Arsenal have one of those days. Again, we're, we're mm. always having one of those days. Um, they're, they're continuous. We're continuous. Uh, Kevin, what did you think? Stephen, <laughs> stop that. There is an L in my name. Um, what did I think? Much like Liam, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, it was one of those games. It wasn't the most entertaining watch, as you said. Um, I'd still rather watch that Arsenal performance over Harry Potter every single day of the week, to be honest with you. I couldn't think of anything fucking worse than Harry Potter. No it was a good one. I think it was the Prisoner of Azkaban. There it's is good. no such thing as a good Harry Potter, mate, in my in my head. But look, for those Harry Potter fans out there, yeah, enjoy. But um, yeah, it was just, we, could, we should have won the game. Uh, we didn't take our chances. And then, yeah, we arsenal at the end, it's as simple as that. The, you know, we shouldn't have been playing out then. Just get rid, get rid of it. You know, there's barely any time left on the on the clock. But it's just, you know, like you said, it's is it one of those just one of those days, or is it like you say? It's so often that we we feel like this after a game. That is it, like Liam said, just a is it an issue within you know within the squad itself? Is it something to do with the, the management of the squad? I know we'll come on to that a bit later, um, which I'm looking forward to. But yeah, it's just, it, was just, it was one of those games where that, that kind of ending, I would have been quite happy or content with the 1-0. It wasn't great, but look, you would have been like, all right, look, 1-0s, you know, you take that away. You don't, for me, is for, if you're at home in the first leg of the European knockout stage, just don't concede. That's, that's always rule number one for me, is if you're at home first, don't concede because you know that when you're chasing the away goal, it's it's a much different game uh, in the second leg. And that's exactly what we've got tomorrow. I don't know what to expect. Um, and it's funny because Liam, when you just said, I don't know what to expect from Arsenal or Slavia. It's crazy, isn't it? We watch Arsenal every week and we still don't know what to expect. Um, so it doesn't matter whether we watch 
Arsenal or not, we still don't know what we're going to get because we're just such an inconsistent side. So, look, I go into tomorrow with my little positive hat on. I'll see how long it lasts uh, and just just hope for the best, really. Again, uh, being a little bit pessimistic, I just don't see us winning this competition at the minute, unfortunately. It's sort of like the hope that kills you, isn't it? Mm. Like the, the, if, if I had an option now to go out to Slavia Prague or face and losing to Man United, I know which one I'd pick. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you've got to be in it to win it. Um, I th- I'm fairly confident. But then at the same time, this Arsenal team, like we say it every week, um, we're inconsistent. We are so inconsistent and you just don't know what team's going to show up. I just feel like we are playing like we did back in November. But we've, mm. but we've got the likes of Saka and Odegaard on the team now who can sort of get us over the line. Mm. Um, it's it, Yeah, it's, it's a difficult one to call. Um, mm. I wouldn't be surprised if we we turned up and we you know we, we won quite comfortably, but I wouldn't be surprised if we lost. Um, and I'm, you know what, weirdly, I, it's, I'm not even nervous. Like, usually watching the Arsenal, I get very stressed and, you know, as we all do, you know, you, a few days before the, you start to think about it and the nerves kick in. I just... Mm. I, that level of sort of expectancy is so low. It's just like, you know, the bar is so low for me right now. I'm just like, yeah, if we lose, we lose. And as much as I hate that, it's like, it's sort of half expected. Do you think, sorry, Steve, do you reckon your expectation or just you're not nervous is mainly because of the name that we're playing? I mean, if this was Napoli or something or, you know, a slightly bigger name within European football, would you feel a bit more nervous? Or do you just look at... Because even I'm the same, mate. I look at Slavia Prague over the years. And again, I'm, I'm saying over the years because I've been watching football for so long, but the game's changed. We've changed as a club that... Is it arrogant of me or is it ignorant of me to be like, they're just Slavia Prague? Do you know what I mean? Is that how you feel towards it? Because, yeah, I think if it was an Atletico or... I don't know who else is even in it at this stage, to be honest, but... If you were playing United, would you be nervous now? Yeah. Yeah, but that's more to do with like losing to United because I hate losing to United. Um, mm. I mean, football's a sense, it's all about a sense of pride, isn't it? But yeah, I just feel like we've been let down so many times. You get to the point where you just fit, you just become a bit numb to it all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know, it's a strange one. I think as well, like, I just feel quite alienated by the whole season in general, having no fans, COVID, lockdown, like, I just find it hard to maintain that level of enthusiasm at times. Um, yeah, the no fans thing has a massive part in that because watching football without fans is mad, isn't it? It's funny because, you know, going to an empty stadium is one thing or and half empty stadium is one thing. But, you know, I watch a lot of football on the TV because of where I live, as does Liam. And I really struggle watching uh, for any football match, not just Arsenal, without fans. You really do miss that aspect of watching football. Um so, yeah. yeah, it just feels like a bit of a, a non-event. And speaking of non-events, you know, moving, <laughs> on, moving on to Sunday. I don't know about you guys, but I really felt like Sunday felt like a bit of a pre-season friendly. It felt like that penultimate game of the season where mm. everything's played for. And, you know, the players on the beach, the, there's Mexican waves going on in the stands, you know, yeah. someone's got some beach balls. Um, it really felt like that sort of game. Um, and... Going into the game, I wasn't particularly confident, you know, knowing that we hadn't won at Bramwell Lane in the Premier League era. I know we've won there in the FA Cup and stuff, but we never recorded a win in the league. And we never, we hadn't won this season on a Sunday night. So that had all the makings of an Arsenal defeat, but but we did what we had to do. It was quite comfortable uh, and we got the win. Um, Mm. What did you guys make of it? 
Yeah, I mean, this was one of those games. It's funny, isn't it? because we were like, we both kind of text each other and saying it feels a bit of like a non-event. Um, we don't really know what we're playing for. And it just hit me like a train. I, was just, I think I replied to you just saying, this is what it feels like to be mid-table. I mean, <laughs> you're playing a game for the sake of playing a game. Um, look, there's still an outside chance. It is, like you say, it's the hope that kills you. But I do think in sport, you, you can't write it off until it's properly written off. That's how I look at it anyway. Um, it's not over until it's over. And if there's a... Right, if there, like European hope, sorry, like qualifying for... Yeah, yeah. So, it's, you know, it's not over. The, you know, we could get into the Europa League um, th- through the league standings. But it's just a case of it really hit that it. this is what it's like to be mid-table. Like I've said to you before, I've always wondered growing up, like, you know, because Arsenal was so successful and we were always at the top. And I always had this... I've always had this weird part of my brain which goes, well, what, what would happen if Arsenal got relegated or something like that or just or a big club got went down? I'm not talking about Leeds. Not, they're not a big club. Um, well, they were. Sorry, <laughs> but yeah, they it was always a, yeah, they're all right. They're all right. They've got a big support base over here, weirdly, actually. Um, I think they had a bit of an Irish connection back in the day. But, yeah, it just felt like th- this is what it's like to support someone like Everton. You know, they've always been in the Premier League, but they never really challenge or, you know, they never really qualify for Europe. They have the odd time, I know. And I'd always wondered, what is it like to support a team that never really competes? And, you know, I say that. And on the other hand, I'm thinking we've won, you know, how many FA Cups in the last few years, which is great. But for me, it's, you know, the the biggest test for a team is is the league. 38 games over, you know, nine months. It's, it's the biggest test you can do. Um, and as the, the old cliche saying goes, the league table doesn't lie um, at the end of the season, come May. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit a bit flat going into it and there, it, it felt like that as well. But overall, I was happy with what I saw. Um, you know, there was some good football, some lovely goals, which you, you don't care who you're playing, any opposition. If you score a goal like that first one at any standard of football, you're standing up and you're applauding it and it's a joy to watch. Um, so from that point of view, it was good. Um, and then obviously there was some good standout performances in there as well. Great to see Martinelli back, not only back, but you know, on the score sheet, which is great. It's not a great goal, obviously, but you still got to be there. And you know, I know as playing playing up front, you don't care how you score goals, you score. When you come off the pitch, you've scored. Um, and this is stat. I think look, mentality of footballers though, is, is this there's a lot of similarities there. Like you ask any striker. Anyone who's played any level striker, you you don't care how you score. I want to score. I want that stat. I want to be able to say that I scored today when I come off the pitch. Um, and that's just how they go about it. So you, you tell me that Martinet didn't enjoy the shit out of that tapping. <laughs> Definitely did. Yeah, I guess another twist on it, I think, is I felt like it was a game that was all about just getting three points and just using it as a bit of a confidence builder. Just mm. get three points, score a few goals, keep the clean sheet, play mm. well job done, right, we're back on track going into the game on Thursday. That's kind of Mm. what it always was to me. That's what it ended up being. And nothing more, nothing less. Like Obviously, three points are at stake. There is that outside chance. So every point will matter. Um, Teams are playing against each other virtually weekly, I think, to the end of the season, as in the teams above us. So we really do have an outside chance. It's an outside chance, but a chance. So as... So there were three points on stake, but it really felt like it was just a, right, this is a team, they're bottom of the league, they're as good as down. I think they literally only, I think their maximum points tally is like two or three above uh, 17th. So 
it was all about for me just as i say play well uh confidence booster for the likes of sabas martinelli gets minutes in the goal uh keep mm. a clean sheet you know rid yourselves of that that 14 consecutive games without one all of those sorts yeah. of things good feeling going into thursday just take some of that pressure off um that external pressure that can weigh you down and just go out and play on Thursday. And, and that's all I could ask for. I, I really think you is a big chance, but I wanted to ask you guys just in case, because I'm not sure mm. if we get play Man United in the final, United mm. are second in the league and qualify for Champions League that way. So what happens if we lose the final, even if it's to Man United and it will suck, but does that give us any kind of, into a European competition? I, I don't know. I'm just... Unfortunately, <laughs> do you know where my mind's just unfortunately gone straight to? And I'm going to have to go back with a question. And that was what happened after we got dicked by Chelsea because it was the same scenario. If, I'm, if I thought they'd, they'd already qualified oh. for the Champions League. Yeah, but we qualify, we finished fifth that year, didn't we? We finished sixth. So we get into Europe either way. No, but what he's saying is because obviously the winner... Goes into the Champions League. So if Man United oh, qualified, no I mean, way, not a chance. That, does it de facto go to the loser? That's such a that'd be such a shitty way to get in. I take it though. Don't I? It's a <laughs> shitty way, and I don't want to lose to Man United in the final. Don't get no. me wrong, I want to win the bloody no. thing. Um, but I wonder if even just getting to the final, if we shit out our way to the final and shit out somehow to, I will just wonder if that's. I don't actually know. Now I'm not thinking about it. I'm, I'm less sure of myself. Um, but yeah, it crossed my mind. Yeah. I think maybe like the next place down gets a shot. So like seventh gets into Europa League. Maybe it's something like that. Um, but maybe. I, I, maybe it would be champions. But then it's unfair if you play an English versus a Spanish side. Um, so I, I really wonder what happens. I, I'm, I was hoping one of you guys knew, but I'm actually quite curious to know that. Yeah, if we played Man United, if, if, in the yeah, final, we'll, we'll 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 find out and get back to you on that one. <laughs> Don't bring we into this. I'm not looking at Google it. <laughs> Um, but no, it is it is interesting, isn't it? I mean, we've got to get to the final first. Yeah, yeah, of course. I might be talking out my ass, and like, there's just not a chance. What the fuck am I even asking for? Like, mm. I'd have thought it'd be on Twitter that even if we get to the final, blah blah blah. I, I thought it was quite an interesting lineup um, in the sense that you can tell he's not completely given up on trying to get into Europe. You know, in terms of like playing like the likes of Saka in that mm. sort of game where you're thinking. If that was me, I'd have, you know, those those guys are getting rested for Thursday. Um, I wonder, also, what's going on with the Bamiang? Apparently, he had the flu. I don't buy that. That's so Didn't train very... today. Hmm? Didn't train today either. Maybe he has Apparently. got. So he's not. He's not. He's not fit for tomorrow then. Yeah, don't think so. Shit. How do you feel about that? Just have interest. We're better without uh, him. Shit. We're better without him though. You look at some of our best wins this season. He's not been involved. I wouldn't have said that after the Leeds game. Well, you know, everyone gets one, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a tricky again, one. I wouldn't, have said, I wouldn't have said that at all during the last couple of seasons either. No, I know. I, I agree with you on the last couple of seasons a bit, but how do I say this? What's done is done. That's two seasons ago. Um, I'm, I'm looking at what you're doing this season and right now. He is out of form, unfortunately. Um, and I think I said it a couple of weeks ago, I wanted to see him sat down for a game. And he did get sat down and he came off the bench like he had a point to prove. Um, on it, it, it's, it's, I don't want to say that phrase on his day. Jesus Christ, it nearly came out. But it's one of those where 
I'd still like him in the squad as an option for the game. I do think we have a bit more about us um, as a team. Like, like I do agree with you, Steve, on that. I do. Um, he's just not in great form uh, this season, which is fine. Like, it's, it's nothing against what he's done or what he might do. But right now, he isn't the informed striker or star player that we all thought he would be um, after signing that contract. Um, like, I, when you look at Sunday, he wasn't involved. You know, Attacking-wise and, break, you know, the way we played, I thought we played very well. And I've always said that Aubameyang's a fantastic finisher. He's not a fantastic footballer in my eyes. Um, I don't think he brings as much to the table as he... Or some fans might like to think, uh, because, like you say, if you if you take the goals away from his performances, there's not much else there usually, um, and that's why I always thought, you know, how I look at this is very quickly is why did Aubameyang never make it to the top of the European elite, and that's fundamentally why I think he never did. Is he's a great goal scorer, but to get to the elite elite level you need to have a much more rounded game um, and bring more to the cable than just goals. Ultimately, what, what you want is a, a, a Bamiang Lacazette mould. Mm. We've got the work rate of Lacazette and mm. you've got the, the deadly finish of a Bamiang um, mm. and someone who's a bit, a bit more consistent because the pair of them have just been very inconsistent this season. Um, mm. I really feel like Lacazette sort of epitomises our current Arsenal team. Um, like He was very good on Sunday. He, he did what he had to do. He actually found the net, something he couldn't do in Slavia Prague. In that he had a point, didn't he? Point how, he hit, how he missed from there. Oh. But, not. You know, you know what? One thing I will say actually is like, thank God that Martinelli started because I'm tired of listening to people tweet every game. I feel like people do it for likes and shares. Like the Martinelli bus is always in town. Um, mm. Danny Tobias has one good game. He's the next um, Zinedine Zidane apparently because he's had one good game against Sheffield United. Jack is the new Ashley Cole because he had a he had a good game at left back, even though he like, Jack and Ashley Cole. I haven't heard that one before. Um, you know, it's, it's and people this someone tweeted out saying like get him a new contract. And I said to Lacazette, I'm like, oh, don't behave. Like you just what did you want? Did you not watch the Slavia Prague game? It was abysmal in that game. Like did you not watch the last four years of Lacazette? Yeah, like I like Lacazette, but Same. he's just not. He's not going to get any better, and he's just—he's not as good as he was two years ago. I've, I've never—you know what? I just think he's. I actually think Oliver Giroud is is a better striker than him. Um, Overall, yeah. Overall, probably bad business. Salen, Giroud, and keep back as that because they're very similar players uh, in many mm. respects. And Oliver Giroud still doing it now, still doing it now. Um, but no, it was a good—it was a good result, and I, I agree with what you're saying, Liam. I think. Sunday's game was all about confidence and mm. you know, I think if we'd have lost it or we'd have draw, draw, you know if we'd have had a bad day at the office you know it would have really sunk the place out whereas we've got that result and it, it does sort of you know give us a platform to to go into Thursday with a bit of confidence we've talked about the two games and there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a topic we really want to talk about um, me and you were ch- chatting about it today with text Liam and that is Mikel Arteta um, here we go now here we go get the popcorn out so listen <laughs> I am very much on the fence of this. Uh, you call me a flip flopper. Call me what you want. Call me what you want. I, I don't care. You know, like I said to you earlier, our opinions are irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. Um, you know, I am not sure of Mikel Arteta, and I tell you for why. You know, he's been a year in the job. Okay, 
And as much as I like him, you know, I think I think we buy into the idea of I say, hey, you know, he's a nice guy, slick dresser, talks a good game, you know, obviously won the Epic Cup, you know, fantastic. You know, that's he's done that and that that will that will, you know, forever be in the history books. But I'm looking at it thinking we're a year down the line, we're not any better than we were a year ago. Don't get me wrong, he picked it up in it in a terrible position, you know. Um Emery, you know, left it in a bit of a mess, but He's done a lot worse than Emery. If you compare the, the two in their first their first sort of 12 months, Emery did a lot better than Arteta. I just don't think that I've seen enough of him to suggest that he is the right man going forward. I don't really buy into this trust the process. I don't really buy into this. The future's bright. It's all going to come good. Um, like you said earlier on, we've had too many of these games where... What was, what was the line again, sorry? What was it you said? Another one, one yeah, another one of those games. Yeah, we've had too many of another one of those um, for my liking. But at the same time, this is where I'm a little bit conflicted. I don't think sacking the manager is always necessarily the right way to go, just because it, it doesn't solve the issue. You know, I don't think it's as, it's as black and white as saying sack him, you know, or, you know, he's the right man. I, there's, I think there's a lot more layers to it than that. Um, so I'd love to hear what you guys are feeling. Liam, I know you want to, you know... I'll yeah, give you the stage. Come on, Liam. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to see. I'm just going to okay. let you have your opinion. Yeah, no, I'll see, man. I'll take it all apart afterwards. Take it away, um, mate. Go, Go for it. Okay, so I'll preface this very quickly by just saying I don't absolve Arteta from any sort of decision he's ever made or any mistake he's ever mm. made. I'm going to preface with that quickly because it yeah. might come across otherwise. Um, <laughs> so when when I look at the problems that Arsenal have. Uh, I think there are bigger, much bigger ones than Arteta. I, I'm still massively confident that he is the guy for us. And the difference between you, you've referenced Emery and their records, I don't think the football that we played under Emery was ever sustainable. And I tweeted at the time, I can't remember which game it was after or where in this run we were. But people would say, I remember people going, well, what's not to love? We're winning games. We're winning football games. What, what, what do we care? And I, and I said that it's just not sustainable sustainable football. These are basketball games and they're not going to get us results. This is, well, they're going to get us some results and a lot of results are going to go against us a lot of the time. Um, that, that turned out not just like a year or two later, that turned out to be the truth pretty quickly afterwards. Um, so I feel quite validated in that. But when I look at the, what Arteta has done, uh, and the football we're playing under Arteta, it does feel sustainable. It feels like we're playing in the way that's, generally speaking, when we're not having these shit-for-brains moments on the pitch that Arteta has no control over. Um, I do feel like this is safe. It's secure football. It gets us up the pitch. It gets us out of situations. And there are things for this squad to work on. We can be better in both boxes. Um, but the building blocks are there to build a sustainable way of playing football, we've now got to put these finishing touches in place. And that's the difficult bit that Arteta is still figuring out. And I think he needs a few other things, of different players. Yeah. Um, we, we saw on on Thursday what some shit for brands footballers does to you. you we go away. We, instead of a 1-0 victory, we take a clean sheet into our away leg. We're now 1-0 and having to score against the team that have knocked out our third place uh, team in the league so I don't think that I just don't see how Arteta is the problem I, I really am looking more at the players on the pitch mm. yeah. doing things that you just cannot have 
the manager cannot have any control over. I do, I do agree with you on the players' point, though. I do think there are some bad eggs in the Arsenal camp. And I think you see this at quite a lot of football clubs now. You know, players who are very influential in the dressing room. Um, and you, you see a spate of managers coming in and having the same issues. And you've got to say, you know, is it a few bad eggs? It's not even bad eggs. It's just bad football intelligence. Um, that that's the problem. I've said I I don't mean to constantly use the boss because I don't like to dig out dig out players, but I just use him as an example because I have before and it's more obvious um, that he just has these moments where he he just can't do the right thing, pull off the basics of football. Mm. You can't. The problem is when you're getting under stress. When you're under stress on the football pitch, uh, uh, Kelvin, I know you've played. Stephen, I'm not sure. Have you? If you played much football, like I played when I, I played as a kid up till I was like 16, nothing to the level of Calvin. Okay. Here, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, in adults' football, like we care about the game, right? And you get into sort of stressed moments. Uh, I'm talking mm. when, you, when you're facing waves of pressure, when you need to score a goal, you, you get into stressful environments. And when you yeah. do that and things aren't going your way, you fall back on your, ha- your old habits because that's what feels comfortable to you. And I'm sorry, we have too many players with bad habits. Xhaka is a prime example, in my opinion. Mm. He can play football. He can play football really well, but he has bad habits. And when he gets stressed and it's under a stressful environment and things don't go his way, the bad habits come back. So Arteta mm. can build these habits uh, and get us playing the sustainable football. But when things go bad and we're quite a fragile team, when things go bad and we get stressed, we go back to our bad habits and you know, old habits die hard. Uh, that's a player mm. thing for me. Do you think, so I'll let you, I'll let you uh, come in a second, Calvin. Um, do you think, though, that like, you know, the manager just picked the team, though. You know, he decided to loan Tura out. He, he got rid of Gunduzi, get rid of Ozil. Um, There were other options there. You know, he likes uh, Granite Jacker. You know, he, he plays him a lot. I said on last week's podcast, um, when we did like a Liverpool preview, I said it's no coincidence that since we've had Granite Jacker in this team, we've never qualified for the Champions League. And I stand by that. Like I, I, I like Granite Jacker to a degree, but I don't think he's never going to get us back into challenging for the top four or challenging uh, you know, the top t- to win titles. It's not going to happen. Like, of what you've just said, you know, you've just said it there. He, he's just old habits die hard. But the manager picks him. The, the manager wants, yeah. it, wants him in the team. And I just think, you know, the same with, um, you know, it's more like Danny Sobias. He wanted to bring him back. He's been awful this season, you know. You look at the sort of fullback position when he's bringing Callum Chambers in, he's swapping it out for, for for Cedric and he's bringing Bella in. It's like, you know, there's just a lot of sort of... There's a lot of things I just can't really get behind. And that's There's a quick question. A real quick question. I don't mean to overcut you. And, and I I'm, know, I'm Kelvin, I'm sure you're ready to jump in here. Um, <laughs> one quick question, though. Who is a better midfielder? Include Torreira, include Guendouzi. Is there a better midfielder than Xhaka in our club besides party? No, no, that's the standard. We, we that's the standard of the tools that Arteta's got to. So you, yeah, you can blame him for picking Shepard, but he hasn't got better options. That's the but problem. We, I don't think we ever got the best out of Torreira, though. Um, I don't. You could make an argument for Torreira, but Guendouzi, sorry, not there. No, no, that's true. Grace. People were talking about giving him the captaincy back the other day. Do me a favor. Do me. A Still favor. is the captain anyway. No, it's a nice segue there because you're talking around, you know, Granite Xhaka. Basically, one of the points I want to raise is we just have an overall quality issue within the squad. That's something which we can, we all can happily agree on. Um, this isn't Arteta's fault. Um, I think a lot of us knew that when he took the rein is, look, 
what he's got to work with is not good. It was always going to take some time to one, put his style on this club. And I say club, not players specifically. Um, we then need to get rid of a lot of dead wood. That started to happen. I remember we spoke around the January window and we thought it was a successful window, mainly because we got rid of a lot of that dead wood. We got it out of the club. We don't want bad eggs in there. There's still a few left, unfortunately. That's just the way it is. Um, I wouldn't put that on Arteta. That is just really, really poor decision-making from senior members of our executive board over the last five years, maybe a bit more, to be honest with you. So that's kind of one thing I look at there. Um, I've always said to openly as well to you, Steve, um, I'm not going to judge Arteta until this Christmas coming. And I said that when he took over. Now, obviously, look, let's be honest, the, the lay of the land has changed a small bit due to COVID since he's taken over. Um, and the reason why my thought process might be not changing dramatically, I still think Christmas should be a good indicator, but what would have been possible last summer and this summer coming were obviously hindered heavily by, by what was going on um, in the world that we're living in right now. Also, look... I can fully agree with anybody who thinks that his management of this current set of players still isn't up to scratch, like kind of what you think, Steve, I think. And that's this current crop of players, as inconsistent as they are, are not a much better side, but they're better than they should. You know, They're better than ninth, which is where we currently sit. That comes down to the inconsistencies. And much like Liam said, you see this, I'm sitting on the fence perfectly here. By agreeing with both of your points throughout. Um, but like Liam said, what, what a cop out. <laughs> I am, it, 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 it I'm joking. But there is just, I just think there's there's different sides to there's different sides to both arguments. Um and it's a case of trying to think what you know what we let's take a step back. What did we actually expect when Arteta took over? This guy's never managed a football club in his life. Did we really expect, or did anybody think? That this man would be able to get us into the Champions League. I certainly didn't with this proper place. For it was just never a, a, a realistic option for us. I think I would have been happy this year if we qualified for the Europa League. I still think money coming in from qualifying for Europe's massively important for what we can or can't do, not just from a monetary aspect, because we need it, because of the reason I've just outlined, but also it's weirdly, you'll still be able to attract players because you're in Europe. When, it looks very likely at the moment that we won't have that, which worries me. Uh, and also we won't have the qualification money for the Europa League. That worries me too. Um, it, I'm not Arteta in and I'm not Arteta out. I'm, Ar I'm just a bit... Arteta on the worried. fence. Yeah, yeah on, the, on the fence. But no, I'm, I'm a my, the spidey senses are out, you know, where I'm not... There's been a lot of things... And I'll come on to a question for you in a minute, Liam, because I'd love to know your take on this because you are predominantly Arteta in. I don't want to do this Arteta in, Arteta out thing. I don't want to do it. We did it for too long. Can I just put in and say I'm not Arteta out? I'm Arteta. You're um, dubious. I think dubious I'm is the dubious, word. Dubious. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want him out because, like I said, I don't think second's the right thing. No, but also not very... now. Tread, I'm treading carefully. Yeah, not that it no, matters. That's... Stan Kroenke isn't saying, no, not Stephen Worcester thinking. <laughs> right, before I come on to that, because you've hit on to the exact point I want to ask you, I'll say it now. I, I strongly believe that Arsenal Football Club won't progress back to the heights that we knew it and loved it for. I mean, I love the club regardless of where it is, but I just don't think the owner is going to allow us as a club to progress 
back to where we'd love to get back to. Uh, and that's top four and then challenging. Um, I can't see it unless he does something which he's never done before, which really a man that age, can you see him changing his ways? I certainly can't. But um, just Liam, real quickly, because obviously I know you're you're happy with what Arteta is doing. I, I agree. Like, I think weirdly, we've just, you know, we've just actually kept our first clean sheet in 14 games. I do think defensively we are better than we were under Unai Emery. We don't concede as much shots. Go on, Steve. You definitely want to pipe in. I can see you. No, it's no. Continue, continue. Or did someone catch Brian in the window? No, I was going to say like that is a terrible stat. He's he just said we've made we've kept our first clean sheet, but we're in fourteen <laughs> games. Yeah, it is mental. But and then you've just ended with saying, but we are better defensively. But that's where we're at. Are that's we? the reality of where we're at as a football club. Are Steve, we? we're not. We're not. Both a top can be true. Yeah. We we've been fucking. I'm shy. doing Piers Morgan. I'm storming out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, off your truck. But no, it's, we've been absolutely shite, mate, for, for three to five years at this stage, not consistent. Our defence has been an issue for a long time. I've seen, yeah, some progression um, as, as a collective when it comes to being more combative and just being a bit more of a unit. Uh, but one thing that really concerns me, and I think this is something which actually doesn't really concern me because I think it was something that we were definitely going to have concerns with throughout, and that is in-game management uh, it's definitely been a bit of an issue for for Mikel Arteta since he's taken over and what that's not just the tactics it's it's the the changing of it's the substitutions Liam I'd love to kind of know how you feel about them um, I think some of them have been questionable sometimes they take a little bit too long um, is that a little, bit like, a little bit like your questions <laughs> you mean my answers <laughs> Hey, you said about five minutes ago, I've got a question for you, Liam. <laughs> Liam's been waiting, poor lad. <laughs> sorry, man. I'll joke. Sorry. Yeah, I asked the question. I was waiting for you to answer. <laughs> oh, shit, sorry, what was the question again? I'm sorry. I was like, what, busy what? taking I the you, piss. I thought you'd gone home. No, I am. I've never <laughs> I've left home for the last 12 months. Um, no, what I was saying is, what do you make of that? Because you're more pro Arteta yeah, than Steve, for example. And, you know, you painted a lovely picture of all the things that he's doing positively but I do think we need to look at some of the things he is doing negatively um, or not so positively. And what, what frustrates me a little bit is the fact that he's not learning from this, I guess he's been in the job, like Steve said, over a year and the in-game management aspects not improved from what I can see. Yeah. So as I said at the start, I prefaced everything I said by saying, I don't absolve the tetter. Like he's made mm. mistakes. And I think this is, uh, arguably the biggest thing he he needs to work on is this in-game management. Yeah. Um, it, it's I don't worry about his in-game coaching because if you look at sort of the way that we've played, we've always been better after half-time and during our uh, uh, post-lockdown last season, we were always really good after the drinks breaks. Um, yeah, I this. So I think his in-game coaching is quite good, but his in-game use of substitutions... Is questionable. I, I do think that a lot of the decisions he makes are questionable because it's very calculated, I guess might be the word. Mm. Um, take Man United, for example. Martinelli started the game and he was subbed off at half-time for William. And every single one of us looks at that and goes, huh? The fuck? Mm. It's a very questionable decision. Mm. But I can't argue. I think he got it right. Um it, it worked on the day. Uh, it, it just, it simply did. But then there's others that it doesn't work, right? Um, 
So I think a lot of his decisions are questionable. Mm. Usually I can see the logic behind it. Doesn't mm. mean I always agree with the logic behind it. Um, okay, let's take Slavia, for example. So the main argument was, oh, fuck it. If only we'd got Aubameyang and Pepe on sooner. Well, yeah, I, I can see mm. the logic for that. But you also open yourself up sooner for Slavia to get themselves into the game a bit sooner. So it's like a bit right. of a, it, it's a, which, which way do you want to go with the this? Chance, like if he, yeah, if he does, if he goes for it earlier and still concedes and the game still finishes one, or we get slaughtered for that. So, mm. like, I, would I have liked to bring him on? I mean, I probably would have done my call for the same. I can't deny that. Mm. Um, I thought we would have gone and won it maybe 2 0 um, instead. But you do leave yourself open to that risk. Um, so, mm. my point is, I can see the logic. Whether I agree or disagree is yeah. another question. Um, and I do think it is something he can work on because, like I said, I'd have done it earlier. I think the game was there for the taking and we could have just turned the screw on them rather than left ourselves open. So, yeah, that's my well-rounded way of saying that I, learned, I do think it's something he can work on. I think it's mm. un- misunderstood, but it is something for him to work on. Yeah, solid answer, that is. It's an interesting debate and ultimately, you know, we can all have our opinions uh, and still and still get on. As one, as yeah, one. Like, you, like I said to you earlier, Steve, it's a case of ultimately, what do we all want here? The same fucking thing. We all want the same outcome. And that's Arsenal to be a good football side again. We want to, like we said earlier, to get back to the top four, start challenging. How we get there, we, of course, we're going to have a different different opinion on how we get there. But let's look at the underlying message here. And that's we all want the best thing for Arsenal Football Club, not ourselves. Um, so I think that's what that's how I look at it. Ultimately, we just want the same thing. We want yeah. Arsenal to be good again. No, I agree, mate. I, I've well, never so. really, I've never really understood this, um, and it gets thrown around a lot on, on social media when people say that's the problem with Arsenal fans. You, you're all to blame for this. It's like, well, because John down, you know, down the road thinks that Arteta is the right man for the job, doesn't mean, isn't the reason that we are, you know, languishing mm. in tenth place or wherever we are. Like, uh, you know, you can have opinions. It, it doesn't mean there's a problem with the fan base. You know, whether you're in or out, or you're just on the fence. So. But anyway, anyway, moving on. I know you want to. You've got a little bit of a competition, I believe. Yeah, for the first time, this is a the brand new thing for the pod. Um, yeah, we're going to do a little giveaway uh, to some of our listeners. All, all five of them. here. Everyone's a winner. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like we we've had uh, we've been really lucky. The El Clasico football, who you can find on Instagram, who will be at our underscore classico underscore football um he does a lot of um you know retail of vintage football shirts and original design hoodies loungewear and this sort of stuff has kindly given us uh, uh, a bruised banana black printed hoodie which you can find on his page i'll share it on the socials myself um he's given us one to give away to a lucky winner so with that in mind we'll be running this competition until this coming Sunday evening I think 6pm will be the cutoff. Um, we'll do a nice simple question for you and the question is in Premier League era who is Arsenal's leading goal scorer in midfield so that question again is in the Premier League era who is Arsenal's leading midfield goal scorer and send your answers pretty simply to 
at uh, sorry at crikey i'm thinking it's uh, the twitter no to send it to gmail it's the arsenal shirt at gmail.com that's the arsenal shirt at gmail.com and we will announce the winner uh, on the next podcast best of luck outstanding work can i just say like when he when he uh, pitches the question to me i actually guessed and i guess right I he did. I was very, I was very impressed with my guess. Before he guessed right, though, he did what he always gives out to me about doing, and that's interrupting or talking too long. Um, <laughs> and uh, well, before I even finished the question, he goes, "That's too easy." And I said, "Let me finish." He thought I was going to go, "Who is Arsenal's record goal scorer?" <laughs> goal scorer. Yeah. I was thinking that too. Is it Yaya Sanogo? Oh, so no goals. Oh man. Um, uh, Liam, we'll get your answer at the end of the pod, mate. I'd love to know. And you can you can enter the competition. I'm just kidding. You can enter. <laughs> anyway, you moving on. Answer it. I want to think about it. Moving on. Yeah, you got to send the pod thing about it. Um, so, listen, we're, we're recording this on uh, Wednesday, the 14th of April. Um, and as as we do most weeks, we 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 run a statement called on this day. So there was a few games on this day. Uh, Some a, few, a few awful ones. Uh, being a defeat to Man United in the FA Cup semi-final back in 98-99 an awful defeat to Tottenham uh, I think it was back in 2009 when we lost 2-1 when Danny Rose hit the, the, the flukiest of uh, flukes we're going all the way back to 14th of April 2002 uh, it was a game between Arsenal and Middlesbrough Middles- in the FA Cup semi-final uh, in our double winning season I, I see Liam's face <laughs> I was five years old at the time <laughs> well, that, well that's five years of knowledge mate so the game finished one nil. It was an it was an own goal, not a not a memorable ass performance. Uh, it was an own goal from Fester. If you remember, it was a tearing corner, and then he sort of stood in the corner, acting all you know big and arrogant. Uh, which you know, fair play. I'll do the same. So, for the, as for the formation, we often have issues with this because I I, I I sort of say say the formation and get it wrong. But I've done my research today. To keep it easy, we'll go for four three three. Even though that's not not what we played. What was the year again of this? Are we talking the double season? Double season, Gold Sega. Oh, how we'll do it is be completely honest. So you know, if you if you if one of you guesses it and the other one hasn't a clue, don't be going. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, be you're only cheating. cheating. You're only cheating. Oh, you're only cheating <laughs> yourself. In uh, goal. Fuck. No, he was that year. He's your your camera's off, so you could while be googling this. Right, I'll flick the camera on for this, then shall I? Liam, can I, can I come to you? Because he's taking far too long. See, the obvious answer, well, obvious to me at least, would be David Seaman. But because it, you said it was an FA Cup game, so now I'm doubting if we had a cup. That's why I'm hesitant. Yeah. Fuck if I know who the cup people. I mean, I know. I, I think I said him last week. I think I said him last week in the same game. Uh, so I'll, it's Seaman, because I know he was around. Okay. You're going for Seaman? Calvin, who are you going for? I'm going to go for Richard Wright. The clicking was me trying to get my camera back on, so you know I'm not cheating. Right. Definitely cheating. It was Richard Wright. <laughs> uh, David Seaman was on the bench. Right, good shout. Um, yeah, FA Cup game. I figured there's yeah. a cup keeper. I couldn't think of who it was. Richard Wright, the man who went... Did he go to Man City after us and spend his I don't life? even know where he went. Well, there, isn't he? He's still at Man City, like as a coach. So, like, right. no we're we going for centre backs. Uh, we'll come to you first, Kevin. Go for two centre halves. Big Soul. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was thinking Soul. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of the other one. I can't remember when we signed him. Was have we signed Torre yet? 
Oh no, no. it was after. No, yeah. It was after, after the Invincibles, possibly even. No, it was during the Invincibles. No, Torre wasn't Torre is in this book. So he was at the club. There's a he was, he was he, at the club. Was, oh, really? yeah. There's a picture of Kota Torre in, in the dream the Dreamcast shirt in, in this book, yeah. No way. Yeah. Never knew that. Nor did I. I thought he joined. Don't suppose you could show us and show me the rest of the team, could you? <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> Can we take a uh, let's take advantage here? So centre backs, Martin Keogh. Okay, Liam. No, no, not clear. Um, it was Martin Keogh. Full backs. Maybe you should have one. Well, have a go at one each. Make it easier. You can go for left this back. This is a tricky one. Yeah. You go for left back, Calvin. You got right back, Liam. Left back, Ashley Cole. I've lost the page now. If I if I could just go. Is it well? If it's wrong, I'll have a guess at left back as well. Um, right back, right back is quite easy. Uh, I can't remember all these years get muddled. So obviously, I know Lauren was during the Invincibles, but at Man. what point did he take over from Dixon? So um, okay. I'll give I'll give you a clue. This was the season he took over from Dixon. <laughs> Lauren, then. <laughs> Lauren, then. <laughs> I mean, well, the thing is, this was this was uh, Dixon's final season, and this is when yeah. Lauren sort of cemented his place in the team. It was yeah. Lauren, and then was Ashley, Lauren. Yeah. Did you go Ashley Cole? I went Ashley Cole at left it back. Was Oleg Luzhny. Um, wow. This, uh, I have to say, oh, listen, this, is a, bit, this is a little bit diff- more difficult for Liam as he was five at the time. Me and this is like <laughs> sort of mine and Calvin's sort of era of growing up. Yeah. Watching the Arsenal, so you know, a little bit easier. So I'm sorry, mate. Um, so we're going to we'll go for Freeman, Freeman midfield. Vieira, Parla. So we've got yeah, Vieira's one. No, no, Parla was on the bench. Came on as a sub. Freddie, is he in the midfield? Yeah, Freddie was in the team. He's too early for Gilberto. Yeah, Gilberto joined the season. Yeah. Yeah, see, yeah. this is where I get muddled because these these years kind of sort of combine to one another. Yeah. Up to the Invincibles, they kind of muddle in as he far is as my memory goes. So I know he is I Brazilian. Can't remember the years. Oh, he is Brazilian. Okay. You gave me that clue last week, Edu. Edu. Oh. Edu Gaspar. When I used to play the when I used to play the early Fifas, they used to call him Edu Gaspar. Yeah. Frank, little bit of trivia for you there. Yeah. So it was uh, Vieira, Edu, Lundberg. Uh, we've got three strikers. Henri. Yes. <laughs> Thierry Henry. And then Dennis. Awesome. Dennis. Yeah. And that's the only other one I would have known. I would I'm, have known Burkamp. I live in the Netherlands. I've got a no end. Yeah, you And you sport. He was my all-time, all-time favourite footballer. So who's, uh, who's that? Outfield. Who's Dennis Burkamp? Fuck off. Just kidding. There's one more striker. It's the, I'm going to throw him out there because he's one of the, he's the second, weirdly, the second person I think of uh, when it comes to the gold Sega shirt. You're going to get it. And that is Sylvain Wiltor. Uh, I was really hoping you were going to do the, the commentary voice, Old Trafford. I, I thought about it. I just haven't got it in me. To be honest. Yeah, it was Sylvain Wiltor. So I imagine Wiltor was maybe on, because he used to play in midfield and he sometimes, they used to drop him under the wing. Um, yeah. as a, in the book they've listed him as a midfielder so okay I don't know I mean back I feel like back in those days even when teams sort of changed formations everyone sort of it was always printed as a 4-4-2 you know the, the concept of a 4-2-3-1 or, beyond yeah. this mate really wasn't it yeah so, but yeah no, not, 
good work on that one. It was a little bit, little bit difficult. Um, that was tricky. That defence was hard. It was hard. Yeah, that, that year, like Liam touched on it there, like you had like, it's crazy how much, so we think about Ashley Cole, but it's crazy how many like, times on a loose played. And then you obviously had a centre-back. And Bronkhorst yeah. must have had around that time as well. And Bronkhorst played a lot that season. Then you had like Lauren, then you had Dixon, then you had Adams, Campbell, uh, mm. Keown, uh, I think Stefanovs as well. Stefanovs in the team that season? I think he was. Matthew Upson as well. Oh, my God. I can't believe Igor Stepanov's wore that glorious gold shirt. That's tainted it for a bit, a little bit for me. I'm not going to lie. Stan Lazaridis. I think Stefanov. Yeah, Stefanov's did that season when he played in the League Cup game. Ugh. Ugh. Joe's Grimondi as well played like that season. We forget about these players. We always talk about like the, the Perez's and Vieira's. But no, we had a very good team. A very good team back then. Um, so moving on. Uh, to a final part, we're going to. We're you weren't here for this, Liam. So last last week yeah. we, we we created the new game. Yeah, it's called um, Get in the Bin. It's a little bit like Snog Marry of All or Shag Marry Travel. Um, I've never heard that Shag Marry Travel before. It was in an episode of Gavin Stacey. Yeah, that's exactly what I just thought. Exactly. <laughs> call I, it, I love that show. They called it that in that when they're doing the car journey. Up yeah, to Wales, yeah. And they, yeah. Hang on a minute. Do they call it that? Shag Mary Travel? Well, Shag Mary Cruise. Shag Mary Cruise. I mean, yeah, but I had to actually get listen to the previous podcast to make sure I didn't relist the same players. So I've got a few tasty ones and a few not so tasty ones. Um, and yeah, I just want to get your opinion about what you think about and whether you think they are a legend, a cult hero, or simply get in the bin. Uh, in America, that would be called trash. If I don't we're, we're overseas. Don't, 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 you know, we're big. We're going we are, global. We are global. We're currently from three different countries. So, don't let know. Arsenal Football Club I mean, penetrate your mind for bang averageness. We are going to the top, right? Yeah, okay. I've got the Dutch guys over here. I've got exactly. Don't worry. I'm Irish. We're over here. You're in. Come on. Nice and easy. Oliver yeah, Drew. Cold Hero. Cold Heroes are strong. Cold Hero still feels strong. Like, You've got to make a choice, though, Liam. This is, this is the one time I cannot sit on a fence and I have to make a decision. And if yeah, that's yeah, how it's going, you got oh, to do it geez. too. But yeah, I think... Can I know the other two first? <laughs> no, no, no. no I know, you have to decide every player. One so I can have three cult heroes for all I care. Yeah. These are your, oh, okay. This is your uh, opinion, man. Hero, then. All right, yeah. cult hero, then. Well, they can, or we can get in the bin. If you want him to get cult hero. Cult hero. I'm going to... Sometimes I want to get him in the bin, but cult hero, just cult hero. Yes, it always sort of it's always been awkward, isn't it? Because he went to Chelsea and then he beat, they 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 waxed in the Europa League final. It, yeah, it's a bit of a difficult one. I'd say just about a cult hero. Yeah, he's just uh, border. Yeah, and I'm never going to forget some of his goals, like the Scorpion, and I, I know it meant nothing at the time, but that last minute goal against Man United at, at the Emirates. Like it meant absolutely fuck but an absolute worldie with the last kick of the game. Screamer. On the half volley yes. from just out the box. Yeah, it was. I remember that, yeah. Near but post. he's just scored some spectacular yes. goals. I always forget them and I'm too positive to think otherwise. You're so Emirates era. I love it. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I my, feel my sorry era. for him for that. Because you've never experienced a good Arsenal side, really. No, I, mean, I, I was too late for the Invincibles. I don't remember the Invincibles. I, I'm very much Emirates era. Fabergas is, is kind of my yeah. starting point. He really did make a kit launch look great. That man. 
Oh God, he was a he, he he's he's a, a handsome bastard. Yeah. Let's be perfectly honest about it. I mean, if we were judging him on looks, he'd be legend. He'd have a statue. <laughs> yeah, get rid of Tony that's the name Adams. of the pod. Oliver Oliver Drew's good looks. Olivier Giroud deserves a statue <laughs> because he's good looking. Okay. Next Quite up, draws people in. Next up, we got Gail Clichy. Get in the bin. So he's one of the left backs that I remember. Like he was around that Emirates era time. But he did absolutely fuck all for him. Like, I remember Gail Clichy quite fondly, even if he went to City. But he did absolutely fuck all for us. Same. Oh. Good player. He was a good player. And when we lost Ashley Cole, he, he looked like he, you know, he, he, he slotted in quite well, let's be honest. Um, but for me, he's in the bin for two reasons. One, Birmingham away. Two, you went to City to win the league. Fuck off. Birmingham, Birmingham away. That was it for me. Um, well, painful. Yeah, right. I'm for that, just for that moment, and he did it. He did it a few times. There was a few games where he just yeah, lost the plot. Terrible what? mistakes. You went Liam, for what, you going for, what are you going for, Liam? Uh, you guys have convinced me. Then I mean, I just remember he was an all right back. Like, and he, I, I mean, I'll put it this way: I remember him as an all right fullback who fucked off the city to win the league. So yeah, Ben. Yeah, Ben. Ben. All right. Next oh. up, Emmanuel Frimpong. Oh, <laughs> Legend. <laughs> I love can't believe shit footballer, but I love the bloke in the oh. bin. For me. Oh, I can't honestly, he's that far in the bin for me. I can't even believe he's entered the conversation. He's that <laughs> fucking like, have you ever? He's just one of those lads who just he's kind of like Jay off the in between. Is like, I'm I'm the nuts, nuts at everything, and then he was fucking shit. He, he came through with Jack Wilsh, didn't he? There was, there was a lot of sort of you know, him and Wilsh, yeah, there was oh. a lot of uh, buzz around him, Dench. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm with you on that. Like I was winding you up, but there is one thing that does work in his favour, and he really took it to Samir Nasri, and for that he does get a win. So I'm going to controversially go with Legend just for that moment. Legend. Just for the sake of him being a twat to Nasri. You're putting him in like the Tony Adams category, and like Dennis Burkamp. Jerry Henry. Well, to be fair, if anyone. Who gives that shit to Samir fucking cunt Nasri? Excuse okay. my French. Nah, let it rip. Hey, it's a win in my books. It's a win in my books. He's a dick. He was an awful footballer, but he took it to Samir Nasri and I love him for I it. I mean, at best, I think he was a cool hero for that. Don't take me seriously. I'm not comparing him to Tony Adams, Dennis Burke. Definitely, he definitely was, Steve, right. wasn't he? He was definitely comparing him to Tony Adams for me. Yeah, right. He's no friend, Bob, is he? <laughs> My memories of Arsenal that time is we 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 were we'd lost all our best players and it, it just was a bit tragic. And we had all these like nineteen year olds who just were clean, not as good as, as the, the likes of Nasri and Fabregas who'd all you know uh, had left sent off against Liverpool, didn't they? And they in just, one of the first games of the season, might have been the first game of the season, got sent off against Liverpool. Oh yeah, it's yeah. It was a bit of a bleak time, that. I think, for Arsenal. So he was shit. Yeah, you look back and you think, you know. Bit cringe, but no, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, next up, Ray Parler. Legend. He's a legend, yeah. mate. Yeah, every Absolute day. legend. One of the most consistent players through my, you know, through my growing up. Jeez, when did he, he was playing for Arsenal before I even started watching him. Never that's, mind. That's going through, but he was always, a, you know, he's always there, mate. And, you know, the stories that you were, 
I mean, I don't know whether either of you have read his autobiography. Trust me, it doesn't take long because uh, it's not the hardest <laughs> read in the world, but it's, you know, it's incredibly entertaining. Uh, and I just saw as a footballer, mate, he was no bullshit, worked hard, gave his all for the badge, which is all we ever want to see. And do you know what I mean? He won a few titles along the way. You can't knock that. I think he was like an unsung hero. Like people talk about the double winning team in mm. 98, the double winning in 02 and the, the Invincibles. Mm. He played a lot of games, man. You know, you, people talk about Vieira and like the Gilberto's and Henri's Burkamp. Parler was just as important for those teams. Such a such a great player. You go, you, you go for legends as well, Liam? Yeah, I mean, it's only Ray Parler, but yeah, got to be a legend. Mm. I mean, Real uh, I had to get, I had to sneak that in somewhere. Um, That's still I, one I of also, my favourite memories. I, yeah, I, I you talk about storytelling in this book. I always remember the story that he was trying to tell. I think it was on Soccer AM about uh, Wenger telling him how well he played after having a booze up. Um, yeah, that was drunk. funny. It was that after was the game. Funny. Yeah, it was after oh, the that... FA Cup final. Um, it was the week of Old Trafford, wasn't it? That one. Yeah, because we played Chelsea in the cup the weekend before, and that's when he was at the back of the plane trying to have a, a few cheeky tinnies. And uh, Wenger obviously walked down and said, no, not, we've got a big game on, on Wednesday night, Ray. So obviously put it away, but he had a few others hit, so he still decided to get absolutely battered. And then he puts in a man-of-the-match performance against United on the Wednesday night. So, you know, it's those sorts of stories that you just don't really get that in, in the modern game, um, unfortunately. And it tips, it just tips it off that Wenger comes up to him afterwards and goes, you played so well and you know why? Because you didn't have those couple of tips. Yeah, and he- <laughs> Thinking I was absolutely battered. Cheeky. <laughs> oh, love it. So, yeah, legend. No, he's great. I do. I love. I love having him when he's on TalkSport. So I can listen to him all day. Next one, Matthew Flamini. 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 He's in the bit. Stop singing. He's in the bin. Yeah, he's in the bin. He was good in our in that. Uh, Champions League season. Yeah, he season. came in. He, he played out of position. You know, Ashley yeah, Ashley pretty much injured all season. Yeah, I think he played like left back, didn't he? All yeah, he played left back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. left back. He did, did a job. job. Did a job. Yeah, get in the bin, mate. Yeah. Liam, he did. I'm too positive to tell many to get in the bin, so I'm going to go cult hero, and I'm going to use the reason. Tottenham goal double at White Hart Lane. We yeah, knew that was coming. Knew it. Smashing volley. That, yeah, I knew it. Was it a volley or half volley? Oh, um, it cracking I mean, goal. It literally double. came out of the sky with Drop snow back. on it. Yeah, oh, it was a weird one. Was that in the league? No, I think it was the league. Yeah, it was the league cup. Oh, yeah. And you'll take it all day long, won't you? Yeah, we've got to. No, I remember when he came back, actually. He wasn't He wasn't terrible. Um, he's very good friends with Mesut Ozil, which falls nicely into my next player. As it is, all don't make me choose. I'm not crying about it. He's a cult hero. He's a cult hero for me. I think it's time for me to go. Um, don't want to choose. Um, really? Is it that tricky? He's not. He's. Not, I mean, I'll put it this way: on the pitch, I fucking love the player enough to call him a legend. I don't think he did legendary stuff, but on the pitch, some of the things he could do was. Oh, I loved him yeah. as a footballer. Yeah. Off the pitch, he's a cunt. <laughs> um, so he's very much in the bin. So I'm really, I've got to have to say, cult hero because it falls between the two, I guess. But yeah, yeah. there was two very different polar side, opposite sides to this. And why? Yeah, I've got to ask, awesome. Why do you think he's a, a see you next Tuesday for uh, his off the pitch antics? I've never heard that before. I think he knows what he's doing, and that's the bit that ticks me off about it. He knows 
some of it appears innocent and it doesn't appear like much, but I think he just knows very well what he's doing and that ticks me off. No, he was very tactile. A lot of his stuff yeah. that you saw in the lab, like you said, Steve, I actually, yeah, funny now you say that. I guess I just, I didn't give it as much attention at the time when it was happening because I was just like, I don't really care. You're not bringing anything on the pitch. That's all I really care about. When it comes to Arsenal, like what you do on Saturday, that's what I want to see. I don't really give a fuck what you do in your personal life as long as it's not mad shit. Um, but yeah, you want to yeah, see a good performance. I really loved him for standing up against like the Chinese uh, and the Muslim thing. I, I can't remember the yeah. ins and outs, but I, I really like that sort of stuff. I'll never have a problem with anyone doing any of that kind of thing. But it's mm. just the way that he used his... Um, he knows that he's got uh, a big, big, big following. Um, yeah, and he very awesome. much uses that too. It's like the Gunnosaurus thing. It, it, mm. it was a very much a minor thing that really gets blown out of proportion and he makes it worse. And it's just so... It just really ticked me off it, that he exacerbated the issue more than it really needed. It just ticked me off. And that's what yeah. really got on me. No, I was just going to say, because how he's answering the question, like, so where were you really debating there? Legend or cult hero or cult hero or get in the bin? Legend or in the bin. Just so, mm-hmm. I know, I know he didn't hero, do legendary safe. stuff. I know he didn't do the legendary stuff that Thierry Henry did, that Dennis Bergkamp did, and all of those greats. Don't get me wrong. I just, I, I fall in love with footballers that are just so easy on the eye, like a Lionel yeah. Messi type, like an Ozil type. I'm an absolute sucker for them. And I just think he was genius on the pitch. He really was genius. Um, when he was and, boss, that was the problem. Yeah. Have you got an answer? He's gone. He's walked out. He's, yeah, he's I, left, he's oh, left the conversation. He doesn't, he doesn't want to do it anymore. Just realized, he does, sorry, it got dark in here. Um, sorry, I thought I'd answered it. No, cult hero. Just because okay, it's in cool. the middle. Yeah, cult hero on the fence. Okay. Yes, join me on the fence. For me, <laughs> for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go get the bin, and I'll tell you for why. Don't get me wrong. When he signed, I was you know, as every Arsenal fan was, I was very excited about it. Mm. And he was part of a team, you know, with you know, with Ramsey came back from injury. We had uh, Alexis Sanchez, um, Tony Cazola. We had a very good team, and I think in many respects we were always playing like. We always lacked up front, and we maybe defensively weren't solid enough. We were, we had the we had the basis of a team who could have gone on to to really you know move mountains and be serious contenders, and we just never reached those heights when we had the luxury of Erzul and Sanchez mm. uh, and Cazorla. But I just feel like he's really tainted it. Like Liam touched on it there, like with his fan base. You know, yeah. just last year was such a circus. It felt like every other day there was stuff Erzul was tweeting. He was doing his like ask Erzuls and you know, ask Mesuts and it, it and he has this, I just, I feel like there's a real divide in the fan base in the sense of if you're like, you know, over the age of 30 and you've sort of been following Arsenal for a lot, lot longer, you just think he's a bit of a prick. Whereas I think for fans who have grown up in like the, the 2010s watching Arsenal, you sort of see him as it is or as this like godlike figure. Whereas, you know, they're, they're, they're a bit tenny penny. And I just think he's, uh, the way he went about things in the last two years. I mean, like you look at Unai Emery had issues with him, Freddie had issues with him, Arteta had issues with him. Mm. Arsene Wenger sort of just sort of kind of spoon fed him. Like it was, he got away with a lot under Arsene Wenger. Like you think of someone like Alex Ferguson, wouldn't have lasted two minutes, would not have lasted two minutes. And I think, I think ultimately, I think he stayed too long. I think we should have sold him like about three, four years ago. You can't deny that player's quality. He, he is a sublime footballer. I'm not he saying is. that, but no, 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 I'm not saying you are. No, no, I'm not saying you are. Um, but it is. I think you're so right. Like I don't. I, I guess maybe I just turned a blind eye to it because I got bored of the narrative of 
Ozil versus Arsenal, it got pretty repetitive. And mm. we, the writing was on the wall for a long, long time. And I think, you know, we were incredibly excited about Ozil when he joined. I know I was. Um, it was kind of the first marquee signing we'd made since we moved to the Emirates that we, we were able to do. And it was like we were coming out of the cloud of debt and it was like, we're here. And then ever since then, it's just it's just gone downhill um, as a club. Uh, and like you said, we had some great players. You touched on it. You know, my first thought was, he look who he was feeding. We've already spoken about him on the show. Giroud wasn't the striker to take us to that next level then even. You know, he wasn't the striker that was going to win you the league, keep you in the Champions League. And that was about it. Yeah. Um, so I guess, should we wrap up there then, lads? I think we've covered enough of the Arsenal from seasons gone by, players gone by and the current crop of crap that we're watching, even though Sunday evening was actually pleasantly surprising. Uh, but as always, look, we'd just like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast. Um, you know, we really appreciate you tuning in to listen. Uh, if you want to follow any of us on any of the social media platforms, you can do so. Steve can be found at in the clock end. Myself can be found at underscore the arts underscore. And our Dutch gooner Liam can be found at, at Gronin Guna. Uh, please keep an eye out for our social feeds for information on the next podcast and when it'll be available. But until then, look after yourselves, look after each other and take care.